Ash Matters with Jeff Boggs. New Iberia's only daily live call-in talk show. 30 minutes after 11 o'clock, our Mellow Joy coffee time. My pleasure to welcome back to the show Richard Hebert, Hebert's Garden Center. How are you doing, sir? Jeff, doing great. Good. Good Not too hot today. Glad you were able to join us. I know earlier you didn't think you'd be able to. but I was able to get it in, and uh, I was on my way back from where I was going. I said, hey, I can do it. Excellent. Excellent. Happy to have you here. Um, a little bit of rain this week. Uh, yeah. Any problems it, or good n- rain? N- not really. I, I think for the most part it's good. It's just like I said last week, it's amazing what a difference some moisture can do in terms of uh, relieving some of the pressure for the plants. And, and I can see it in my yard. I can see it in everybody else's yard. It's just that, you know, take notice of maybe your pot plants and maybe some of the seasonal color, how much of a difference just just – not only rain, but overcast weather can make a difference in terms of lack of lack of stress, lack of evaporation, lack of stress, and uh, and obviously it gets to a point where it would be too much. We're not there yet. Some other areas that really I didn't realize. Yeah, man, we got maybe a couple inches yesterday. I did not. I, I want to say Lee may have referenced three. Uh, right, so, yeah. and but some of them got seven. Obviously, that's yeah. an issue. And uh, but but for us, you know, and, and today's somewhat overcast, and so that's that's really helping things perform. And and the lawns, I mean, you can look at the lawns, and it's making a big difference. I mean, obviously, we got to cut it more, but it's 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 making a, a big difference. The only note I would want to say is that last time we got a really really bad sod wetworm problem was in August. And it lasted all the way through the fall, but is when we got a lot of rain. So kind of look for that. And uh, that, but I can't say that I've seen a lot of it. Um, um, but we want to look for it because they were there earlier. So the question is going to be: Is that you know is everything ripe for for that issue? But uh, as of right now, the grass is looking much much better. Cut it high, cut it low. Visual inspections, when you're cutting the grass, look for those little moths flying. If you start to see uh, inordinate amount of those, then and then, then start looking for damage. Is and, there something you can do at that point? Yeah, there is something you could do. And, and, and actually, you know, if you kind of spray as a preemptive strike, now would be a great time to do it uh, because this is when it's going to start to occur. And, and so if you want to try, try to take a, 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 you know, a stab at it before it would happen, that would maybe reduce some of the problems because remember, that grass is nice and lush and thick. The weed issues are going to be much more, much less uh, if the grass gets any kind of damage for whatever reason, and the sod webworms can cause major damage. That's when you start to get uh, growth from uh, weeds and different things coming in the grass. So cut your grass high. Uh, look for those problems. And but overall, it's been good. The 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 weed that you want to look for now with moisture is going to be that Virginia buttonweed which is the one, uh, Virginia button and dollar weed for that matter. But Virginia buttonweed is the one that's kind of low. Uh, it makes these little white flowers, but it gets really, really thick and just just envelops the grass in that area and will just kill the St. Augustine. Yeah. And you're going to start to see explode. You know, you kinda, it's kind of like when it's dry, it's kind of hidden. You know, it may be there, but it's not really growing. It's not really causing any problems. But in weather like this, you want to look for it. Uh, and you'd have to spot street now because of the fact that it's so hot. Uh, and um, but but in the fall you can actually overspray and not not be affected. But you kind of look for the Virginia buttonweed. It's kind of a prostrate 
uh, creeper makes a little white flower, then that little white flower turns into a little round ball. Yeah, and, and I kind of like the look, but as you say, it's not good for No, it's, it's, it's not. And then, uh, then the other one is dollarweed, which is uh, it's kind of a waxy, uh, looks like a, it's a green leaf, but it has the, uh, the circular, the circular shape of a, of a silver dollar or a uh, coin dollar, and, uh, and, but it loves moisture. So if you have some areas like that, you want to kind of stay ahead of that. Also, you can spray pretty much with the, you know, with the same type of chemicals to alleviate that. And in some instances, such as flower beds, where that will get into, the dollar weed will get into, you almost have to pull it up, which that in of itself is, it, it has an extensive root system. And when you pull it up, these, these long white stem roots are going to be all over. But if you kind of stay ahead of it, you can kind of, you know, lower it. Uh, because there's not a lot you can do when it's with when when it's amongst other shrubs and plants. There's not a lot you can spray in there yeah, and kill it without killing others. without killing other things. And uh, so, kind of look for all that. And uh, but overall, right now, I think we're doing uh, really good with the lawns. All right. What else you uh, keeping an eye on? Uh, insects are you know we're at the peak of insect season and fungus season for that matter. But uh, so people are coming in with problems. One, one I want to mention is one called mealybugs, and it's kind of misdiagnosed. Two of them are misdiagnosed. I'll talk about the second one in a minute. But mealybugs, uh, it looks like a little cottony substance on the stems of plants, and they'll eventually envelop the leaves too. But it starts off in the stems and kind of works its way up. They don't move, or certainly you can't see them move. And it just it, it looks like a little, little cottony substance on the stem, and but if you look at it really close, you'll see a bunch of little legs on on it, and uh, but you can't see it move. So most people think it's a it's 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 a powdery mildew, but it's not. So if you're spraying for powdery mildew, it's not going to help you. But they love this type of weather in terms of humidity, uh, heat, and so they multiply really fast. And you start to see it on a lot of things, but you see it on a lot of annuals, annual plants, and a lot of I guess a lot of container plants. Uh, coleus is a big one that you see it on, and, and the reason it's pronounced on coleus, but coleus is a leafy plant that gets about 24 inches tall, but can get really, really thick. And therefore, when it starts to get thick, it creates darkness amongst themselves, and and uh, the humidity stays in there. And mealybugs love that type of situation. Uh, you'll see it on um, on. Uh, Ivy plants, pothos ivy, it's kind of a, a, a vine plant, very common, very easy to grow, but you'll start to see it. Uh, very easy to control. You just got to spray for it and not misdiagnose it. And, and uh, they're ready-to-use sprays that you can spray, or, or if it's a big area, there are chemicals you can hook to the water hose and spray it. But you want to deal with it uh, because it will weaken the plant. All of a sudden, the plant won't be as thick and full and start dropping leaves and, and really, really cause issues issues the other one that we're seeing right now and is also misdiagnosed is city mold and that's the one that makes the leaves turn black and it's misdiagnosed because everybody thinks again it's a fungus because it has this mold on all the leaves and 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 rightfully you think wow that's not a bug but it's secondary it's it's the bug that's causing the mold and so you 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 get rid of the uh the bug and the city mold will eventually go away so the bug is basically, it could be several things. It could be scale. It could be aphids. It could be several things. But they sucking the, uh, the nutrients out of the plant, and then the bug's droppings falls on the next leaf. And that dropping 
molds and turns black. And so you kill the bug, the, the rest of it will take care, take care of itself. Uh, you also want to look for a lot of times the issue is not with the plant that's getting the sooty mold, the black leaves, but maybe the plant or the tree above it, meaning that, and you see this very commonly with crepe myrtles. People park cars under crepe myrtles or they have plants in the crepe myrtle and everything under this tree is turning black. So the customer will come in and say, man, all my plants and are turning black and, and I can't figure it out. And then that's the first question we ask is, is, that, is there anything above it? And they'll say a tree, could be an elm, could be a lot of things, but crepe myrtle is the most common one because it's the most common tree around here. And, and the, the bugs, droppings fall on the ground or the car or whatever, mm-hmm. and this waxy, uh, I guess, uh, sappy substance starts to first, uh, sticky, sappy substance starts to, to accumulate on whatever is under that tree. And so that's the first thing they may come in and say this sappy stuff, but if, if they wait long enough, that sappy stuff will turn black. And and then they start to say, well, what's going on? And uh, so that's 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 very prominent right now because the conditions are perfect for it, and we're going to start to see uh, uh, a lot more of it. Gotcha. Uh, as a side note, when it comes to the insects, Jeff, and, uh, you know, the reason I know that we sell a lot of chemicals actually for indoors and all that sort of stuff, but this is the time people start to see a lot more insect bugs, uh, uh, and that's because of rainfall. I was going to say, I had two uh, roaches I had to deal with last night. Exactly. And it's strictly because they're moving. Or before, they were either in the trees or a lot of in the trees and in the shrubs. And then we get some wind and some hard rain, and the, and the, and the numbers are really hot. You get rain in the, you know, get this in the wintertime, the numbers aren't very high. But right now, the insect population is at its peak. So the rainfall hits, the wind blows, they fall out of the trees, and they're moving. So they're going to find they're going to find where it's not raining. I just don't know how they're getting it. Yeah, it's it's you know you know it's just amazing because the doors are pretty tight, airtight. Yeah, but it's you, tough to open. I mean, but it's true. It's I know what you're saying. It's hard to open. However, you do open the door. Yeah, and yeah. it's amazing that and or and I hate to say this, but if you're you know you're walking in the house and the wind's blowing and you go under a tree, they can fall on you yeah. and come in and you won't see that. You get undressed, all of a sudden it's one in the bathroom and uh it's just it's, you just don't realize but uh you, they can come in with boxes they can come in uh with products so a lot of ways they're moving around and uh but that's what's going on and and so sure we're seeing a lot of that uh as it comes to uh people having trouble with uh, uh indoor issues so we'll kind of look for that and uh, when it comes to uh, people uh, ask me a little bit about certain pruning and i know we talked to this maybe a few weeks ago i'll just mention it briefly azaleas it's really too late to prune the azaleas because if you do any kind of deep hedging on them uh the plant itself will be fine but the uh they won't bloom next year so it's it's too late because they bloom off of old wood which means that if you prune that old wood right now they gonna come up with new growth and it won't have the uh the buds on it now, selective pruning, no problem. You know, you have a few sports that are growing above it, and you want to clip off four or five pruning. Remember, the pruning is only going to uh, inhibit the flowering of what you take off the plant. So if you go in there and do a deep hedging and clip off all the leaves to stems, obviously you're taking off all the buds. 
if you do selective pruning of sports that are, are, are growing, that's not an issue. The only ones that aren't going to bloom are the ones you're taking off. So that's a simple way to know that. Is there any real benefit to the long-term life of the plant to do it now instead of right after they? Uh, no. The, the, the reason we get the calls this time of year is because the plant has really flushed and gotten much, much bigger. And so all of a sudden you may have a plant that's, that uh, was maybe you know at the uh, underneath a, uh, a window frame, and now it's 18, 24 inches up, and they want to cut it down. And so, in a horticultural standpoint, not a problem. A blooming standpoint, a problem. So it'll survive and, and flush out and be uniform and be pretty, but you're going to lose your blooms. And that's why you do want to prune them uh, after they bloom in the spring. After, not after they bloom, but after the blooms fall. Exactly. Yeah. After <laughs> when the bloom, when the blooms are finished, that's when you and you have to basically till you know middle end of July to do it. But but at this point, you, you're pressing your luck, depending on when they bloom. Now some some uh, azaleas bloom late in the spring. You, you may be okay, but as a general rule, it's too late to do it. I thought they sure. were kind of early this year. Was that my imagination? Uh, it could have been Jeff, and that's that's all uh, you know a, a reference to to temperatures and and. Uh, that that would kind of make sense, you know. I think the previous year we got a cold freeze, but uh, it's it's all it's all temperature related, you yeah. know. So if it's a, if if it's warm early, they will pop out early. If it stays colder later, they will uh, bloom a little bit later. But we're talking about weeks, not months. And yeah. uh, and certain varieties bloom earlier, certain varieties bloom later. But most people, when they talk about blooming of azaleas, they talk about the old. Uh, uh, indica, uh, big azaleas, the formosas that you see all over town, and the GG gerbings. Indica meaning the big old azaleas, which is the, the, the hardiest of them. And uh, so, you know, if you need to whack them because uh, you know you, you're doing some design or you got a house for sale and you and you want them to flush out really quick, you can. They'll be green and they'll be fine. But uh, you know, other than that, you you you're just going to have to kind of wait and, and see what happens. Gotcha. Uh, switching now to vegetables, you know, again, we're kind of in between crops. But like I said earlier, uh, people are wanting to start to uh, looking for seed potatoes. We used to be able to get seed potatoes in the fall. And when I'm talking about seed potatoes, I'm talking about Irish, not sweet. Uh, and those can be planted really middle of August to middle of September. But you got to plant them whole this time of year. You can't cut them. Really? And, yeah. And, and the real issue there is, is strictly because if you cut a potato now, you have a wound. An exposed wound. You put that in the ground, again, insect and fungus populations at its peak, and they will penetrate it in 7 out of 10 times they will rot. Whereas in the spring when you plant them, you plant them in February. Insect population is low. Uh, soil temperatures are lower. And you cut them, and you, you, uh, you plant them. And, and uh, so now, uh, the, the, you know, you've got to plant them whole. So obviously the, when you plant them whole, you should use the smaller potatoes. But you want to get those, uh, again, the ones you buy at the grocery store or spray with growth inhibitors says that's going to delay blooming, sprouting of it. So you want to get them earlier. I guess they do that so they don't start sprouting in your cupboard. Exactly, and they last longer. Yeah, and and they'll they'll last longer because of that. And uh, so they're technically not seed potatoes, but you can do it. Should maybe perch them earlier. I've had some sit under my sink, uh, and you know they all of a sudden they're growing out of the. (laughs) 
That's right. Man, I'm, I guess I haven't been eating the potatoes. That's right. You know? And uh, that's occurred to me a couple of times on vacation. You, you leave for a week and you come back and there's this odor and you realize that the potatoes are there or onions or whatever it is. But, uh, you know, you kind of want to uh, uh, – so you can you can plant them whole right now. Uh, you know, uh, probably maybe the farmer's market may have them or you go some of these uh, organic places uh, where they won't spray it and you, and you buy the, the – uh, I guess Whole Foods is one in Lafayette that's organic, and there's another the uh, the market over there that has that plants on College Saloon. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And uh, and so you uh, and just ask them are they spray? If they're not, then you can use those. And just uh, you know the old crawfish sack ones where you buy them in a sack of these small, uh, uh, you know, maybe uh, you know uh, almost inch like in boiling diameter. potatoes. Exactly, and that's the ones that would be ideal to use because you can get more out of it, and you just. Drop them in the ground, plant them whole, and you got from the middle of middle of uh, of uh, August to about the middle of September to plant those. So you got some time to do it, and uh, uh, they will grow till we get our first frost or freeze, and then they'll die back. And usually in uh, late November, December, you're harvesting. And uh, the key with growing really anything in the fall, but but potatoes, since we talk about that, is a lot of sun. Uh, you don't want to put them in a situation where, because your day length is getting shorter, Jeff. So if you put them now in the ground in a shadier place, it's getting less and less and less, which is going to ho- uh, delay production and hurt production both. So uh, you, you got to, you really in the fall, you want to start off with as much sun as you possibly can to make that happen. And then finally, in vegetables, you know, uh, we're still plant, uh, selling the, the heat tolerant tomato plants, and you want to get those in the ground. Remember the fall. Uh, the the fall tomato plants are not planted in the fall; they're harvested in the fall. So you want to plant them now and uh, and get them in the ground, uh, you know, as soon as you can. And just got to keep them wet, mulch them good. And if you do that, uh, they'll do well, and you shouldn't have uh, any problems. Anything else you wanted to share today? I, I think that's it, Jeff. I didn't have a lot of time to prepare, but uh, basically that's it. We're kind of in between seasons, but uh, I'm I'm going to say cool weather is right around the corner. <laughs> Maybe I'm dazed a little well, bit. It's going to be only in the upper 80s uh, for the next week as opposed to 90s. Yeah, that's so. right. Not as hot weather, maybe yeah, that. I'd but, you know, the good news is that I tell you what, the two-week forecast for tropical storms looks pretty good, which I know we're not out of the woods. But no, you know what? No. Uh, I'll take it. Yeah, the, the less time I have to worry about it, the better. Exactly. All right, Richard, always a pleasure. We'll look forward to the next time. Thank you, Jeff. And once again, find Richard Bear over at Bear's Garden Center at the corner of Hopkins and West St. Peter.